Hey everybody, I just wanted to give a few notes on today's episode. It was recorded September of 2022, so some of the dates and years are off by a year. Also, it is a very delicate episode for me because my family is sharing very intimate parts of their life, and so they are pretty nervous in the beginning of the episode, so I ask for your patience as they get comfortable throughout uh, their time on the episode. Also, there are times of awkward silence, crying, and laughter. The laughter is no way to disrespect the moments, but it is our family. We get a little awkward sharing these types of emotions, but we made it through and I hope you enjoy this episode. The road is hard and long, no easy shortcuts there. Strength and wisdom given, lessons learned and shared. You got this, you got it, you know you do. Trust your heart, stand firm. Welcome to Not Your Average Church Girl Podcast. Today's discussion is about overcoming addiction. And let me tell you, I have some amazing people with me. I have my family up in this house. That's right. I got my Theo Sergio Duran, a.k.a. Quito, a.k.a. Big Keats. And my beautiful cousin, Amy Duran, a.k.a. Mrs. D, a.k.a. Barbs. <laughs> it's cupcake. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, sorry. She cupcake. Unless my niece, Audrina, hears this and she's going to say otherwise. <laughs> but I'm so excited for you all to hear their stories. And I am so excited. This a season um, is titled Your Pace Matters. And it's demonstrating that we have our own stride and tempo and different things of our life. And we're here today from two recovering addicts. And uh, they're going to be talking about their road to recovery. And uh, we've talked about it a little bit here and there. But I wanted to hear, um, I wanted their stories here on my podcast because I've watched my cousin come out of it. Um, I only know my Theo after the addiction. And so when I would hear stories about it, I'm like, that can't be right. My Theo Quito? Nah. So, um, yeah, I wanted to be able to share their stories with you. So why don't we go ahead and get into this? Let's start with what, what was your addiction? Theo, what was your addiction? My addiction was uh, I started as a young kid. I ended up smoking. Uh, from smoking, it led to other things. I was an alcoholic. Uh, from drinking uh, hard liquor, night train, Thunderbird, uh, whatever I can find to drink. Uh, that led to another. Uh, just party, li party life and uh, ended up doing methamphetamine and doing paint. And doing some other crazy stuff, and I recommend that uh, that nobody goes through this like I did. And uh, I wish you guys the best out there. 
And uh, and Amy, what was your addiction? Um, I've tried everything from opioids to stimulants, but I was more drawn to stimulants. What is what is a stimulant? Um, crystal meth. Okay. And how long was your guys' addiction? How long did your addiction last you? Um, my addiction, I started, I believe, like I was like 13. I ended up stopping everything at 27 years old. So, so about, about 14 about years. About 14 years. Uh, I struggled and I fought and uh, I came out of it. Amen. And Amy, how long was how long was your addiction? I started, I tried it when I was 17. Didn't get addicted till maybe 24 to 28 maybe years. Yeah. Four years. 17 to 28. It's I started at 17. Where got it. A you day tried to it. use was maybe a 24 up. Got it. 28. I see what you're saying. So you guys struggled for it for a while, Theo, for about 14 years. And and Amy, your addiction lasted for about four years, but you tried it. What would you say was on and off from 17 to 24? Uh, I tried it a few times. It didn't become daily till 24. To 24. Yeah. And um, how long have you guys been sober now? I've been sober about 31 years. It took me uh, uh, about a year to realize what uh, life was taking me, and uh, yeah. I really put my heart to it to to try to make it out there, and it's been about 31 years that I've been sober. And Amy, how long have you been sober? Um, since 2015, so seven years. Seven years, all right. right. And how long did it take for you guys to get sober? So we know, like, your addiction, like, Theo, yours was 14 years of progression. Like, it started off, like you said, with smoking, with drinking, and it led to harder drugs. When you finally decided, I, I want to get sober, from that moment to becoming sober, how long was that? Do you know? Um, it took me... Uh it took me months and probably uh, uh, it took me about a year to realize I had to go to a, a rehabilitation center in L.A. And uh, I was shipped out from Brawley, California to L.A. by my brother and my brother-in-law. And it took me about a year to realize in there that there was no life out there for me. So uh, there was there was supposed to be a, a big change in my life, but I struggled in the men's home, like probably a lot of us go through. And but days went by, months went by, and a year went by, and until God really touched my heart and changed me. That's awesome. Took a year. And Amy, how long? How long was your? How long did it take you to get sober? For the first the first two years, it was just really about the fun until it started ruining your life. And then probably for two the last two years, I tried to get sober. So from the four years of addiction, two years, I tried to get sober. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs> wow. And so, Theo, you mentioned that you went to rehab. So um, here in the Imperial Valley, um, it's we call it the men's home because it's part of a Christian organization. And but it is a rehabilitation center. Um, and so you said that your brother and your brother-in-law sent you. Was it to get sober? Were they concerned for you? Uh, they were really concerned about me. And uh, they knew that I was doing so bad. And one day, 
I went to a Valentine's banquet here, and there was a preacher here, so they invited me, so I went, and everything changed after he finished preaching. The next day was, I believe it was on a Sunday, they took me to uh, L.A. and uh, to our rehab home, and I ended up staying there, and uh, I stayed there about 13 months. 13 months. And in those 13 months, um, I know you said it took you 13 months, but in the 13 months, what, what month was it when you decided, like, I, I want to get sober? Uh, I don't remember. Well, it was Valentine's Day. I can remember. Oh, that's right. So, uh, uh, so you knew, like, when you went, you, you, had, you had it in your mind, like, I'm here to get sober. Yeah. Well, when I was in there in that, uh, the, the, the center, I thought the preacher was related. Everything was going to me. <laughs> by by the time the service finished, I was uh, all my shirt was all like wet. <laughs> I sweated everything out, and I, at the end of the service, I was like sober. Really. Really, and it just blew me away. So I I decided to give it a try. Okay, all right. And Amy, in those in those two years that you were trying to get sober, like how many times would you say like? you you relapsed and relapse for those of you who may not be familiar means you try you'll be clean for a period and then you use and then you'll be clean for a period or stop using I don't want to say clean but you stop using for a period and then you use again and how many times did you say in those two years you went through that cycle I would say about maybe about seven seven times seven. Mm -hmm. in those two years what was the longest time you didn't use a week a week yeah. <laughs> what's uh, what's interesting is I didn't know my cousin was struggling with addiction. I didn't know until she was trying to get sober. Because then, I mean, for for a lot of families, families who are struggling with addiction, um, I know we watch TV and we watch movies and they make it seem like it's well known. But in a lot of families, addiction isn't known. Would you say a lot of your family knew you were struggling with your addiction? Amy. <laughs> no. Yeah, a lot of us didn't know. And Theo, when you were when you were addicted, did a lot of a lot of your family and friends were they aware of it? Yes, they did. Were. Did they think it was a problem? They knew it was a problem, but in reality, when you're addicted to any kind of drugs or any kind of uh Anything that's going to get you high, you really don't think about uh, getting sober. You just mm -hmm. think about getting high. So for those of you, um, my cousin Amy is 35? 36. 36. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> my bad, y'all. Oh, yeah, you just turned 36. And my tío Quito is 57. Eight. 58. 58. <laughs> Bro, I don't even know my date. Sorry, guys. I swear I know how old they are. <laughs> So when my tío is going through his drug addiction, this is what, the 80s, we want to say? Uh, back in the snow, like 70s, the end of the 70s. Oh, yes, 70s. Oh, yeah, because Rihanna was born around the time I was. So we're talking about the 70s. So it was kind of normal to use, would you say? To yes, to use, yes. And so, um, so for your family, it wasn't a big deal till. You were 27 when they started noticing probably life was changing. What was it about that time as opposed to when you were 20 
that your in-laws decided, oh, you got you got to get clean? Uh, I decided to make a change because uh, uh, I was having a lot of family problems. I couldn't get it together myself, so everything was going, instead of going straight, it was going the opposite. Mm. So there was there was supposed to be a change in my life, so that's why I at 27, I decided to make that change. I wanted to have this episode to share their stories because I have run into different people who are struggling with addiction or family members who don't really know how to help their family members with addiction. And we're not here to say like, oh, everyone has the same way to get sober. But I was, you know, I was hoping that this could help, you know, some people. So what would you say was the <laughs> hardest part of getting sober? What was the hardest part uh, of getting sober? I think for me, the hardest part of being sober is uh, letting go, especially your so-called friends. Um, for me, I didn't want to let go because uh, it wasn't gonna be it wasn't gonna be normal for me. That's what I thought. Mm. So that's why I continue to do. I was doing so bad because uh, that was my lifestyle. Uh, uh, at that time, there was no future for me, and a lot of bad things come to your mind, and and you really sometimes you don't care what people say or your family says and you just gotta decide what you want in life what was the hardest part for you to get so about getting sober i think the hardest part for me was probably accepting that i was an addict mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah basically yeah <laughs> did so was it like year two that you realized i'm an addict or year three uh, we'll say maybe three, three year or four. Three. Oh, yeah, because you and said four, the yeah. last few years you were trying to get sober. And what motivated you guys to get sober? Like, I know, Theo, you said you're having family issues, but what motivated you? Like, this this moment, I was like, I'm going to get sober. Well, it's like I said earlier, uh, going to that... Uh, uh, that uh, um, the Valentine's The dinner? Valentine's banquet... banquet. Uh, that's what uh, started, it, it made me think what, uh, if if I can make a change on that day, or if I can make a change by me going to a rehab home and trying to get help, and so I put everything to it, and I just decided to leave and, and give it a try, and, and since that day, I've been sober, and I've been good i've been involved in the community and uh i've been involved in so much sports football soft pass uh softball fast pitch uh basketball soccer everything y'all everything like <laughs> went for the good once <laughs> i gave everything up guys you have you for those of you who are not from the imperial valley let me explain something about my deal we will go anywhere and when I say anywhere, I mean anywhere in Imperial Valley. And they will know who he is. And it's so cool because it's not just because he was his hardcore thug back in the day or cholo or drug user. It's for his involvement in the community. Um, anybody knows that 
he coached all of his kids, whether they wanted him to or not. <laughs> <laughs> Baseball, basketball, softball. Like he was there. Even if he's not coaching them, he's there. He's present here in this town of Brawley. People love him. He's a humble person. And um, and I think that's why he's well-loved by the community. Um, but Amy, what motivated you <laughs> to get sober? Um, I think the constant instability, like losing, getting a house, losing it, going to an apartment, losing it. Um, just um, the fact that I was not stable made me want to be sober so that I could stay stable with housing, a job, my children, family, basically. Yeah. Having a car. <laughs> <laughs> a nice car. <laughs> a dependable <laughs> car. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. So you guys would say that just the hardships around you were like, I this is not what I want for me. After a while, yes. In the beginning, no. But yeah, at the end, it's like, this is not what I want. You wanted more for yourself. Because I know, Theo, you kept saying, like, I want to make a change. I want to make a change. What change were you were you hoping for or expecting? Well, I wanted a change because I, I, wa I needed a future in my life. I, I wanted to work. I, you can't work and focus and function when you're all in drugs. Mm -hmm. So, and... That made me think, and I said, you know what, it's n that's not for me, and I, c I need to get a job, and I know I can do better, and I could be an example to people out there in the street. Mm -hmm. Would you say your family was a big motivation? It was a big, for me, it was. Uh, like I said, I was having a lot of uh, family problems, uh, marriage problems, uh, partying, uh, going home. Uh, to be a party for three days, trying to go go back home, uh, and that lasted for a long time, and and that's not a family life living, you know. That's not good for any kids to see that, and I didn't want my kids to to let me uh, let them see me all messed up, and because so by then you had you just had the three, right? Yeah. Rihanna, Amy, and Adam. And Adam. Hannah came along to a long time later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, what or who helped you get sober? Um, the person that helped me get sober, uh, it was my brother Joe and my brother-in-law Manuel. Uh, during their my brother's life here in the in in, in life here in the. Uh, he would talk to me about God, and, and, and people would come over and share their stories. And and at first, I said it wasn't for me. I had one foot, you know, I didn't want to have one foot in and the other foot out. And, and I would tell everybody, that's not for me. Until one day, like I said, that one preacher came, Valentine's Day, and uh, since then, I said uh, I had to make a change. So... Here I am today. So you would say, when you say your brother-in-law, Manuel, my tío Manuel? Manuel. Oh, for real? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. That's my mom's brother, everybody. <laughs> my mom got a lot of siblings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I had, I had no idea. And I guess, I mean, I guess really you could say God, your faith, helped you get sober. Uh, yes. Amy. 
Um, I would say, um, well, like you said, God. I did pray a lot when I was using. And I would say, like I said, um, I wanted to have a, a car. My dad did throw the offer if I stayed away from drugs and my ex-boyfriend that he would help me get a car. And he did. <laughs> so I think that's what motivated me, too. Yeah. So you had your family supporting you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you always feel like you were supported by your family? Yeah. Mm. Theo, how did it feel? Oh, I didn't mention this earlier, by the way. Amy is my Theo Quito's daughter. <laughs> 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 I don't think I mentioned that earlier. I'm so sorry, y'all. <laughs> Yes, my cousin Amy, this is her father. So, Theo, what was it like to to see your daughter go through the same thing you went through? Well, seeing her uh, suffer, seeing her suffer and going through her her addiction, it was a... Take your time. It was like <laughs> killing all of us, you know. And we tried everything to help her, to take her to rehab home. But the only thing that I see that she, she never gave up. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's it's been good to see her sober with her kids, helping her kids, and with being married and sh- having what she has now, it's been a big change in her life. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just, it's just a happy. Mm-hmm. A proud moment, right? Yeah. I know, um, only because I heard the stories of how my Theo used to use and stuff and who he is today. I think that was probably one of the hopes was like, he did it, it's possible. It's completely possible. And um, I'm so happy you made it through. And and I'm sure it's still, it's still a, a conscious decision to say, I'm not gonna use. Do you guys, do you ever, get tempted or cravings or thoughts sometimes i uh, well there's once in a while there's thoughts that come in life but you have to learn how to beat that thought and uh, uh and continue to go forward and say that's not for me it's either a yes or a no so you have the right and you know what's best for your life mm-hmm. you know i've been sober so long and i i don't think i want to go back uh, after 31 years, you know, why go back and, and and lose everything? You know, God has blessed my life so much. And everything that I got, I give it to the glory to God because he's the one that changed my life. Because um, you've been... Maybe th- after the first year, there was more thoughts. Um, I did. It all started because I always wanted to be skinny. So mm-hmm. trying the, d- the drug made me lose weight. So then I continued it and then it became an addiction. But I think the craving after I started taking the some diet pills that have amphetamine in it, and then that helped me with those cravings. And then after that, just um, using a vape pen, and then eventually just using nothing. How long 
was that process? Well, the diet pills, I'm on and off of those sometimes for like every six months or so. Mm. I'll take those. Dang. But I don't vape or anything or smoke. Um, what keeps you guys sober now? I know, Theo, you said like, hey, I don't, I don't want to, it's been so long, like why do I want to go back to that? But what what keeps you sober? What what keeps you saying like I don't I don't want to go back to that? What's good about today that makes you think I don't want to do that anymore? I I want to stay sober because I want people to know that if I can do it, they can do it also, no matter what the situation is. And especially on my on my side and my family, I want them to know that that I uh, if I put every effort to be sober they can do it also and to be an example for my kids why do you stay sober i stay sober because i i feel happier i'm more stable my kids are happy my my um immediate family is happier there's less problems for sure do you do you ever feel like you are making up for lost time? Whether mm-hmm. it's with your children, with your siblings, do you ever feel like I need to make up for all that lost time? Oh, I in my situation, yes, I lost a lot of uh, 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 fourteen years doing nothing, uh, just being in the, out there in the street, and that's no lifestyle, and and. So there was, I knew that there was a better life, but I just didn't want to make that change, mm-hmm. you know, until it took so many years to realize uh, that there's a better life out there. Right. And Amy? Do you ever feel that you're making up for lost time? In the beginning, I, I used to feel that way, but not anymore because I think that would, to feel that I was trying to make up for those last four years would just keep beating myself up forever. So I forgave myself and I'm moving forward. I like that. <laughs> you had to forgive yourself. Yeah, basically. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> Don't cry. Don't cry. I think that's important for people to hear because, you know, um, people who that I know ha- are recovering, they still hold a lot of guilt. Mm-hmm. They hold all this guilt. And I have witnessed um, where they beat themselves up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, they may not be using drugs anymore, but, you know, they're always trying to go over and beyond at everything that they do, either to prove to people I'm not a- using or to prove or to make up for all those times that either I'm so sorry I missed up a dinner. I'm so sorry I messed up a family gathering. So let me just make it better this time. And I think it's important for people to hear, like, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Was it important to to hear that other people forgive you? Yes. Who were the most important people to hear, I forgive you? Um, I, would say, I would say my parents, but I don't even think I got to say I was sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry we're so awkward <laughs> y'all we're a family that doesn't discuss emotions <laughs> Hold on. you don't think you don't think you ever said i sorry i'm sorry 
Does she feel? Uh, not that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's important for for someone to have to say I'm sorry? Yeah. 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 Very. Wow. <laughs> I hadn't I hadn't even thought about that. I know like there's a 12 step program where they make people say, you know, their um, apologies to certain people. Why is it important to say sorry when you become sober? Why? What was the question again? <laughs> Why is it important for a recovering addict to say they're sorry or to apologize? Uh, I think I believe that. Uh, uh you have to forgive and, and say that you're sorry because you probably hurt them in the f- in, in in life, and uh, and it's it's uh, good to to ask for forgiveness because that's what the Lord wants. And uh, in order for you to keep on going and not hold it in, and maybe later on it's gonna crush you because you never asked for forgiveness and, and or you or say that you were sorry for what you did. Mm. Did you apologize for what you did? Uh, as I <laughs> could remember, yes, <laughs> many times. But I think I I don't think the words were said. I'm sorry, but I think in your actions. So this is why I'd ask: like, do you think you're always making up for lost time? Maybe it's not for lost time, but I think because Amy, you're more of an uh, an uh, I don't know. There's like a love language thing there. I don't remember the term, but you you show in your actions and your service. And so I think, in my opinion, I'm not a doctor. I'm not (laughs) a psychologist. Okay, it's my opinion. (laughs) Don't come for me, okay? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's more in your giving. I think for you it's more in, Theo, you're kind of like that too. Yes. Like it's more like I'm here, I'm present. How can I help? What can I do? Mm -hmm. I think that's without... But is it important to say the words? I'm sorry. Yeah, you said that. Uh, yes, it's very yeah. important, I think. Yeah, yes. it is. Um, I mean, I didn't plan asking this, but is there anyone that has said, I don't forgive you? Uh, yes. Oh, you're talking about in family? Anybody. Anybody. anybody that says, I don't in forgive general. you. In uh, general. Yes, I think so. Yes. How do you, how do you deal with that? I how well, you, you know, I just I, I, if they don't want to forgive me, as long as I could forgive them and and you know let them know that uh, that I'm sorry for what I did to them, mm-hmm. and if uh, I know one day that they're gonna forgive me, mm. you know. So, what about you? I don't feel like there's anyone that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the beginning, it was hard with the father of my children. Mm. But now I think he's okay. We're okay. You guys are in a good place. Yes. Yeah. Which is understandable, right? Because like you said, uh, you weren't stable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anyone who's a parent wants stability for their children. Um, but now that you've been sober for seven years. Y'all, she's an LVN, by the way. <laughs> it's a licensed vocational nurse. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Ow, got that right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how long have you been an LVN? Because you've been an LVN longer than seven years. I've been an LVN for 12 years. For 12 years. 12 years. By the grace of God, you didn't lose that license. No. By the grace of God. And Theo, you've been hi- with the IID Imperial Irrigation District for how long? Tw- I'm going to have 28 years. 28 years. Yes. Dang, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah. 
So that's that's almost as long as you've been sober. So it is possible that coming out of sobriety, you can become stable again. Uh, yes. yes, yes. If you try and put everything, yeah, you you can make it. What has helped you the most to stay sober? Like, what do you do? Who do you keep around you? Who are the people that are helping you? I think for me uh, uh, to keep sober and uh, uh, I I think it's uh, the kids. I see a lot of kids that are struggling that have a mother but no dad, a dad but no mother, and, and I see the struggles in life and 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 by you helping somebody, you know, and, and to be an example and to do the best that you can do for that kid. It, it it makes you want to keep on going. Yeah. Yeah. Positive people. Yeah. I know, Cleo, you mentioned this outside of this recording. You mentioned that my tia, my tia Delma was a big part of you becoming sober and staying sober. Because one thing that I do remember, I was pretty young. I remember when you came back. You guys were in that two-story apartment by uh, Beachy Fields. Uh, yes. And I remember, if I remember correctly, you were seeing the kids for the first time in a long time, right? Yeah. And there's a picture. I think you have it somewhere around here. Anyways, you're like dressed up in your church. And and uh, you and my dad both started going to church separately, right? Yes. Separate. And you guys both came to Christ, started your own personal relationships and then came together, right? You mentioned something like that before. Yes, uh, you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, I mentioned it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I know you had said that my, my tia was a big part. Um, with her passing, um, do you think staying sober will be harder? No, if I, if I focus and, and, and just keep on... Uh, believing mm -hmm. and striving to do good and and not only that and what she told me just to continue to do what i do mm -hmm. and yeah. and help the people that are lost yeah. you know and help the f my family my kids as yeah. much as i can and and that's gonna make me go forward <laughs> my cousin amy just pulled up a picture <laughs> of that day about, right? yeah that's the day i remember that day and, um, yeah, a lot of you guys don't know Mike Theo, but um, he has, I have witnessed him reach out to a lot of troubled youth here in the Valley. And he doesn't do it, you know, under a nonprofit. He doesn't do it, you know, for the sake of any kind of fame or anything or for success. It's really just he came out of it. And, um, I mean... I can say a hometown hero, can I? Can I use that? Mm -hmm. He's not from the military, but um, I know that he's helped a lot of young men, you know, with whether they're struggling with getting out of the gang life, whether they're struggling to be a good father, coming out of addiction, struggling with their marriage. And um, we need more people like him who are just here for the sake of a better community, a healthier community healthier families and um i think that's awesome what about you amy who's the biggest help i know you say positive people but 
Are there any key people that help you stay sober? My my kids, my dad, immediate family, you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> um, well, I'm I'm happy you're here and healthy. I saw the end of it. I witnessed the very end of it. And and it wasn't until you started sharing with me, I think on that one drive. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm so thankful that you guys shared your stories. I'm thankful for both of you for, the, for being a part of my life and all that you guys have done in my life. I'm so happy to see you guys standing here sober and um and, and joyful <laughs> and what thicker thicker <laughs> okay oh, i don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> but um what could you guys say to a family who is trying to help someone with an addiction or has a family member that's addicted to drugs whether they're trying to get sober or or not what can you tell a family I think by telling a family, because a lot of family members, uh, uh, they see their kids or they see somebody related and they know they're on drugs. And sometimes, and the majority people out there, just let them go instead of trying to help them. Yes, you help them for a while. And then they say, oh, well, you don't want to change. So, you know, let somebody else help them. But there's times that they're, uh, you have to think that they're related to you. And you have to put everything that you have, no matter what it is, uh, try to to try to help them. Because if you don't help them, if something really happens to them in life, you know, you're going to regret it. You know, so uh, I think uh, by seeing somebody so uh, uh, doing drugs in the family, that is your your even though that they don't change right there and then. But, you know, as long as you give them a word a word or two, you know, so they can think what maybe what they you have to say, you know, so know that they're supported. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Let them know, like, hey, I'm here for you. I believe in you. Something. Yeah. To kind of give them that that encouragement or push that they need. Um, I would say to the families who are trying to get someone sober, don't give up on them but don't also enable them by giving them money or objects they can sell like Mm. feed them or clothe them and you have to have a limit you can't always bend backwards for the person that's going to be the hardest part for Mm. the family watching yeah what advice could you give someone trying to get sober what can you tell someone that's trying to get sober (laughs) I, well, the only thing that I can say is that uh, you can do it if you want to do it. You know, you just got to let go of a lot of things. Uh, it, sometimes it's going to be hard, but you can do it. And you have to have a lot of willpower to this. And uh, uh, a drug addiction is not a, it's not a game. A lot of people think, take it as a game. Uh, uh, the drugs... It might not, you might think that it's not doing you nothing, but in, in the long run, it's hurting your insides, inside your body, and, and, and it's killing you. And uh, I believe uh, uh, if you put your mind to it and your soul, uh, you can be a change. I agree with what uh, my dad said. It's only going to happen if you want it to happen. 
And the only way it's going to happen is if you make it happen. Mm. Well, there that is, everybody. That is my Theo Quito and my cousin Amy. Cupcake. Cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I, we know that not everyone has the same journey. Not everyone gets sober the same way or at the same amount of time. My tío Quito, you know, shared he went to service and by the grace of God was ready to get sober. Took 13 months at a rehab. Amy took two years. Did you go to rehab? No. I went, I checked in and checked out like the next yeah. hour. So you did it? On your own, getting off drugs, all that. Trying to get N- stable. Not through again. a rehab center, no, but with help of family, yes. Right, right, with help with the family, not with the program or anything Yeah, like no that. program. Look at God. <laughs> Look at God. Okay, God's hand is over my family 100%. I've always seen that, and I see that in the life of my cousin Amy and my tío Quito and just everyone in my family. But we know that not everyone has the same journey. We're not here to say this is how you get sober. But I just wanted to show you some stories of how, you know, people try to get sober and what their journey looked like. And if you're trying to get sober and you're looking for resources, there is a free and confidential hotline. Uh, It's the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. And that number is 1-800-662-662. Four three five seven, and again, it is free. It's confidential, and they'll help you find resources in your area for those of you who are trying to get sober. And um, my prayers for anyone out there trying to get sober, and for the families who are trying to help. Um, may God's grace and wisdom be over you, and may we be able to offer the compassion the love and the support for those struggling. Thank you again for tuning in to Not Your Average Church Girl. God bless. It's running your way. It's running your way.